Hello, welcome back to another edition of Brunch, a podcast. I'm your host, Mike Davis. Our executive producer, Harrison Foreman, is here with us. And today, I have to admit, I am thrilled. I'm very excited to be speaking with uh, an extraordinary guest. I actually think it could be our most extraordinary yet. Her name is Liz Wessel. Now, she's 25, and she is the CEO and co-founder of a company called Way Up, along with uh, J.J. Flegelman. Now, the crazy thing is this Way Up is very, very important, very important for our listeners because, as a lot of you may know and have heard, the New York Times reported that 40% of college grads are not finding a job within a year of graduation, and Way Up is looking to fix that. WayUp is an online marketplace where college students can find part-time work, they can find internships, and they can even find full-time jobs online, and it's all for free for students. So it's incredible. They already have seven over 7,000 companies, I think, signed up, including Disney, Google, Microsoft, Uber, and they're across about 3,000 colleges. And the stats are there, about one in three users get hired uh, into a full-time job for which they apply. So I'm so excited to have here with us uh, Liz Wessel. Thank you so much, Liz, for being here. It's an honor. Oh, thank you so much for having me. That was such a kind introduction. I appreciate it. Oh, no, it's great. It's great. Now, one of the incredible things I think about Liz, and she's got tons, but one of the most impressive things about her career, and she's only... 25 so it's kind of funny but one of the crazy things is is that she has this vision and this purposeful vision that kind of connects her from each step she takes and i really want to spend a decent amount of time breaking down uh or deconstructing how liz got from one place to the next and how they kind of all came and uh worked together and i think that's a huge part of this so uh, first of all, though, Liz, I want you to start off and just kind of describe what's the big difference here between Way Up and all these other job sites we see for students and even non-students. Yeah. So, um, so first of all, Way Up is only for college students, meaning that you have to have a .edu email to get in, and you have to, you know, say your school, what year you graduate, et cetera. Um, and it's for current students and recent grads. So we do everything from part-time jobs to summer internships to full-time jobs. So the one in three stat you mentioned earlier is not just for full-time jobs, but it's also for everything from summer internships to the part-time job during the school year, et cetera. So um, I would say the main differences are, number one, um, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to going to a website like an Indeed.com type of site, and it's a white page of blue links, and every link you click gets Brought, brings you to like a new website where you have to fill out your profile right. and your history, et cetera. And then you have to do it all over again and over again. And it literally, literally happens. Ugh, that you know, just sounds like, awful. I'm yeah. Old. So with us, you just fill out your profile once and then A, you only see jobs you're qualified for based on the information you give us. And B, when you see a job that you like, you simply click apply and 99% of the time, you don't go anywhere. There's nothing else that happens. Sometimes there's a question that pops up, like, why do you want to work at this company? But other than that, your information gets submitted to the business. So right, right. we're trying to remove the antiquated, you know, job sites out of at least the students' minds. Right. right. And what I can understand, because I mean, I 
I'm out of college and I wish I had this in college. But from what I understand, it's, it's first of all, the whole way of getting your information in there is fun with this Mad Lib style filling out of uh, information because we all know how bad that can be. But taking this to the next step, it's really a great thing also for the employers because uh, there's a there's almost like a limiting of the amount of people who can really apply, and there's a filter process which really makes more qualified applicants and more excited job uh, employers. Yeah, exactly. Actually, from the job employer side, something that's kind of exciting in my opinion for employers and most of our employers really like, and that's the reason that they keep coming back, is the fact that they only get students who are qualified to actually apply for their job. Right. Um, and right. so, for example, if you're looking for uh, juniors uh, for a software engineering job, you're not going to get freshmen applying who study uh, art history or whatever it might be. So I think a lot of employers really like it, and that's the reason why we've had such a high placement rate, because we're really matching people appropriately. Right, right, right. It, it, it really is. is an incredible service, and I mean, thank you. Uh, there's so much, so much here uh, to talk about, and I wanted also a little bit later, once after we kind of deconstruct your whole uh, career, I do <laughs> want to talk a little bit about some of the um, things uh, millennials our age can do to improve our chances. And I, I see you've written some very good uh, articles with some tips and stuff, so we'll we'll dive into that in a little bit, but. Um, one of the so I want to start from the beginning with Liz and uh, so Liz graduated from Penn University of Pennsylvania in uh, 2012 and uh, her time there was uh, pretty incredible because you started two companies while you were at Penn but really it seems like the whole start to this process and and your discovery of this uh, the service that Wea provides started with your uh, job as a rep for Anheuser Busch. Yeah, so it's funny. Um, so I got to even backing up a little bit. So in high school, I was a in, an intern for the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign, um, and that's the last time she was running. Not this time, obviously. Right, right. And, wow. um, and I loved it. Like I literally, I didn't even want to go to Penn that badly. The reason I applied there instead of um, the other school that I had wanted to go to more was the fact that uh, the other school got rid of early decision that year. And so I said, okay, I think I have a pretty good chance of getting into Penn. I'll apply so that I can keep traveling with the Clinton campaign and working for them. So I kind of was like so dedicated to politics and uh -huh. um, working in politics my whole life that I, from the start, like age 18, said I'd rather choose like politics over whatever school I go to. So I loved politics. I went to Penn thinking I wanted to be a politician. Um, and then freshman year summer, I just absolutely hated uh, my internship and realized that most politicians are unfortunately not like Hillary Clinton. And so sophomore year, I had to figure out what the hell I wanted to do. So I started just like applying to a, t a bunch of different things and thinking about what could I do next that could help me figure out what I want to do, um, because majoring in something is not necessarily going to help me figure that out. And so sophomore year of college, um, actually accidentally... I got an email that like I don't even think was meant for I, I'm pretty sure was not meant for me from uh, the, the agency that was hiring on behalf of Anheuser-Busch saying we want you to be a campus rep for the University of Pennsylvania. That's incredible. But now how do you even get an ex? I mean, an accidental email is so rare. That's incredible. Yeah, right? um, it's actually really funny. And that's another story. But I, I totally agree. I'm like, 
I've told them since then that, you know, this business, my entire life has become out of that accident. And they think it's hilarious as well. So it's a good omen. It really yeah, is a good omen. Exactly. I keep in touch with those guys. Though. It's funny. So, um, yeah, so, you know, they, they hired me, which was funny also because I didn't even know what marketing was. And they said I'd be marketing for this Fortune 500 company. And I just was like, okay, they sell beer. I don't even like beer other than Blue Moon, but I'll do it. <laughs> um, although now I do love Anheuser-Busch. Really. <laughs> um, so I thought it was like, uh, you know, I didn't know what marketing was. I had literally no idea. If, even social media marketing was not a thing back then. Um, and I say back then as if it was a long time ago, but this was like 2010. Um, and so... I uh, I also decided I wanted to do a few other things, so I decided I would start my own business. And what I did was I went around campus and I asked all the uh, businesses on campus if I got their logo in the wallet of every student at Penn, would um, the businesses be okay with giving the students 10% off? Um, and wow. they all said yes. And so I printed all these cards with their logos on it and then sold the cards for 10 to $15 each and sold thousands of them. And um, it was like my first time at entrepreneurship. And um, I didn't even realize that what I was doing in that was marketing and sales and learning how to start my own mini company. Right, and right, right. Um, fast forwarding now, I ended up franchising that out to other schools. And so the second time I realized how weird it was for college students to get hired, the first time being when I got an accidental email, the second time was when I was franchising it out to other schools, I wanted to hire people at other schools, um, let alone at my own school. And it was so impossible for me to find people. I was literally emailing friends to ask their fraternity listservs if I could blast on an email about a job. Um, and I just didn't really know what to do. There was no obvious solution. And that was when um, the second time I probably realized how, how bad the kind of system is for college students right, right. to get jobs and for employers to find students. Um, now, uh, yeah. Right. So I got to pause you for a second because so there's a lot of crazy stuff here. So first of all, at a pen, I mean, for you to take this on as like something you're doing as a college student, is is there a lot of this going on? I mean, what inspires you to really start doing this? Is this is this just kind of how you're wired? Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm not a big astrology person, for the record, but I am a Gemini, and I was always told that. Um, Gemini's like can juggle a million things and I actually think I do much better some people are really good at focusing on one thing and doing a really good job at it and I'm like the opposite I do really bad in that situation and I'm much better at doing a million things um, <laughs> that's just how I kind yeah. of do well I also have a weird genetic call it a disorder or an advantage whatever you want but where I don't really need much sleep so as a result um you know, I didn't even know what I wanted to study, as I mentioned. So I heard that. But when you say you don't need much sleep, you're not talking just like minimal here. We're talking, I think I read two hours. Is yeah. is that correct? I mean, right now I'm on three hours. Oh, my God. Strong. So um, I think the average night I'll do like three hours or so. Um, and, and that to me is like perfectly, unless you give me alcohol, then, uh, then wait, I need wait, more wait. sleep. Because so, <laughs> I just got to know like the details here. So you're saying like, what time will you go to sleep? Last night it was 4.30 and then I had an 8.30 meeting. So I tried to get up around 7.30. Oh, my so, God. And now are you like, are you, because I also saw, because part of, Part of the craziness with that too is I see that you're maybe like working like 19, 20 hour days. 
Yeah, <laughs> but oh I love it. It's not work when you own a company, you know what I mean? Especially this kind of company where I'm working with like brilliant people who are teaching me so much. I feel like if anything, I'm just having a really fun time. See, like that's so one of the crazy things is, and we got to get back on track in a couple seconds, but there's we live in a culture nowadays where there's like this shark tank culture, you know, I, that's what I like to call it. And everybody just thinks that they're an entrepreneur. Everybody thinks that they can just go start that business. And for instance, let's just say it's cupcakes. You know, Mary Lou loves making cupcakes and she decides she doesn't want to work at her job accounting anymore. She wants to start a cupcake business. But the truth is Mary Lou really doesn't want to do everything that is entailed with running a business. She just really wants to bake cupcakes. And she goes in and starts deciding to make this whole cupcake business where at the end of the day, she just liked the baking aspect. So do you think there's a lot of millennials and people around our age who are who need to really look inside themselves a little bit better and figure out what kinds of careers they should look at, be looking for and whether they are wired to be an entrepreneur and someone who is, you know, founding a company? Yeah, I think, I think the word entrepreneur has definitely changed meaning over the past few years. And I would say a lot of my friends, for example, might be on my non-founder friends might be entrepreneurial, but they're not necessarily founders. So I've started saying more, I'm a founder as opposed to like an entrepreneur. I just think it's a very different thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would say overall, just if I'm going to make like a kind of blanket statement about if if I'm going to say our generation, then let me at least preface it with the people I know in our generation. Um, what I feel happens a lot is that people don't step up and say, I want to, you know, I don't only want to bake cupcakes, but I want to bake cupcakes and hire someone. I think I can become X percent more efficient if I hire someone to help me with this, et cetera, um, which doesn't mean necessarily starting your own business, but like taking on more responsibility. And I think a lot of people in their roles often shy away from speaking up to their manager and saying, I want to take on more responsibility and instead say, I want to take on more responsibility. So I'm going to quit my job and start a company. And I think that like, you know, before I ever um, quit Google, I was 100% doing everything I could to manage my own projects and learn what like running my own kind of projects and teams, et cetera, was like at Google before I ever quit. Um, and A, that's what helped me become a much better founder in my opinion, but B, it helped me also feel as though I was being entrepreneurial in my own right the whole time, even though I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't the founder of Google. Right. right. And so that's a perfect thank you for weaving the conversation and steering us in that direction. So <laughs> we're at Google. Okay. And I read something that says, cause this could be the, one of the coolest things I've ever seen somebody do or read. Um, you're at, you're with the recruiter from Google and you tell the recruiter that in two years, yeah, I'm going to be uh, out of here in two years. Is, is that how that went down? So pretty much exactly. Yeah. So, um, I, so as I mentioned, I had no idea what I wanted to do in college. So sophomore year summer, I went to, I moved to Japan for three or four months and worked at Blackstone in private equity. And oh, I knew wow. I did not want to do that. Um, uh, I love Japan, but like I was so not into finance. And so then I said, actually towards the end of the Blackstone internship, I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but towards the end of the Blackstone internship, the CEO of Blackstone emailed everyone and said, at the company and said, congratulations, guys. Um, we were just named like the fifth most desired place to work by whatever, maybe it was MBAs or college students in the US, whatever it might be. And so, of course, 
me, I was like, well, I want to be the number one place. So I look on the list and it was Google and I hadn't really, Google wasn't as sexy then as it is now to work at. Um, it was before the movie and all that. And so I was like, okay, that sounds cool. Let me like look into jobs there. And I started reading about, um, one program in particular called the associate product marketing manager program, which is a rotational program that is like extremely quote unquote entrepreneurial in that you own different projects for one year and then you transition onto another team. And it was a program that Marissa Mayer had started. And so I said, that's the program I want to try getting into. And so I did for the internship. I loved it. And that was when I decided um, I would probably want to convert to full time, but I knew I wanted to start my own business. I had loved running that business in college so much. So I basically said to the recruiter when I got my full-time offer, I had also gotten an offer at a venture capital fund. um, And the VC fund had said to me, you um, can be out after two years and start your own business. And so I kind of said to Google, I don't need you to match salary or anything like that. What I want you to match is the concept of I want to be out in two years to start my own business. Wow. I think everybody should take notes on that. That's what you to do at an interview. Say, uh, two years, I'm out. I'm starting my own business. (laughs) Don't necessarily do that all the time, but uh, depending on the company. I mean, Google's a really like very supportive company, especially for they don't love their employees necessarily. If I can speak on their behalf. I don't think that they love their employees leaving for competitors, but I definitely think that they're very supportive of employees leaving to start companies. Um, And so they actually not only were so supportive that they, when they were trying to convince me to take the offer over others, they had me speak with other entrepreneurs in my program who had left after two years to start their own companies. Um, And there's a bunch of really famous ones like uh, Kevin Systrom was in, it's a tiny program, 25 to 50 people a year. So Kevin Systrom had done it. Uh, Britt Morin from Brit Co. and a bunch of other um, pretty awesome entrepreneurs. And so they had me speak with two. And it was very apparent after the two conversations that it was the perfect fit for me. So, yeah. Wow. 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 So, and part of the other crazy thing about the Google thing is you spent a year in India, which, yeah. I mean, that must have been incredible, too. It was awesome. I love India and it was one of the best years of my life for sure. Um, it was what really made me realize that when I did start a business, it had to be something that would make an impact on the world because there's just so much. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on a podcast. No, curse. I love cursing. So much fucked up stuff going on in the world. And at the end of the day, I didn't want to start Instagram for cats or something like that. <laughs> right, so, right. And I think, you know, a lot of it's interesting because a lot of CEOs and founders like Howard Schultz of Starbucks. I know he really mentioned that I think for a period of time he traveled and he said it like had a tremendous effect on uh, what he ended up doing with Starbucks and just the future. So, I mean, you you racked up Japan, you had India. So, I mean, you're getting worldly experience and you're also, you had experience running businesses. So all this is like, you're getting your Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours before you're like even 23 years. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. And sorry if there was background noise. The bell, we, our sales team rings the bell when they get a really big deal. So the, the whole office was clapping. I apologize. Oh, wow. But yeah, oh, exactly. that's good. I actually have to ask an, a, a design ish, uh, question about yeah. your office that I heard. So, how, because culture, I guess, is very important uh, nowadays, especially to millennials our age. And I, so you have your, your, you designed your offices at uh, Way Up in New York City um, with different themes. So, like, you have like a library, you have different themes. Yeah. yeah, it's one of my, I love our office. People love coming here too, which is fun. Um, so, obviously, I actually don't necessarily think that like, 
a culture is created by the office. I think our culture was like this back when we were living during Y Combinator in a you know house in Los Altos. But I will say um, the the office definitely helps with like interviewing new candidates and having interns come in. But um, yeah, so our whole office is themed after the University of Pennsylvania because that's where my co-founder and I had met, um, and we were the two that kind of concepted the business and created the business, obviously together. And so each room is named after something at Penn. So right now I'm in Franklin Field and. Uh. So I'm sitting at a like foosball-esque table with um, foam fingers on one wall, a jersey on the other wall, and then a big life-size like football, not life-size, but blown up football stadium uh, wall decal on the other wall. And then the library, for example, has books hanging from the ceiling and uh, a bookshelf like across one full wall and stuff like that. So it's, it's fun. Wow. Each room is do, you, do you have the palestra? We have, um, we don't have a gym. Uh, I mean, we have Franklin Field, but we do have, the best room is probably the beer pong room, which is like a keg table, a uh, beer pong wall, like uh, table that's glued to the wall, stuff like uh, frat paddles, et cetera. Wow, wow. Okay, so let's <laughs> let's jump back to Penn for a second, because uh, I know, I, I think there's something cool here too, and the story of how you and JJ uh, Flegelman got started with this. So, Explain a little bit about this hackathon, because I, I don't really know too much about this, but basically I heard you're at Penn, and you basically do this thing called hackathon, and you come across JJ's resume. Tell that story. <laughs> so, wow, you did your research. Um, okay, so basically um, I had this idea for another business that was kind of, uh, it wasn't even a business, it was a side project that was actually very relevant to this today and was the inspiration for Way Up for sure. Um, and so I had um, signed up, I would taken three computer science classes throughout college, so pretty much nothing. Um, and I, I could code a game of like Pac-Man and nothing else. Wow. Um, and so I wanted a partner, like a co-founder of a project who could help me build um, some sort of a website like the project that I had in mind. And so I signed up for a hackathon thinking, oh, I'll build it in the hackathon. And then uh, like a week before the hackathon, I found out that my sorority formal or no, sorority date party was happening um, on the same night. And so I had to choose between the two. And so what I decided was, why don't I go to the sorority event, but I'll like find my way into the hackathon database and I'll go. And so I, I like oh, to say I, I hacked it. my way in, but like I found my way in. Um, I didn't break into anything illegally, but uh, I, I kind of hacked my way in a little bit to the database of everyone who signed up. And I went through every single resume and there was one resume that stood out more than anyone's. And I only emailed one person in that list and it was JJ and he's now my co-founder. Oh my, oh my god. god. So you're you have a good eye for talent. So I guess on that resume, just because it kind of it works well with what we're talking about with what Way Up does and all that. What popped out on that resume? Because you're at Penn. So I mean there must be yeah. great resumes. What pops out? So the guy is like one of the most impressive people I've ever met. Um he speaks like a, a billion languages. He studied he was in the Huntsman program, which is like one of the most prestigious programs at Penn. And it's a dual degree between Warden Business School and the college. So he was studying international affairs as well as operational management. But he also coded. He did some really amazing like scraping projects, which just to me said that he was like very much kind of a hacky type of um, engineer, which which you definitely want on your team early in a side project or startup. Um, it was just all of those things. I Everyone had to write an about me statement and or no a fun fact or something like that and everyone's fun facts were like kind of 
whatever they were like trying to impress everyone and then JJ's was like the quirkiest I don't even remember what it was and if I did I'm sure he would get so mad at me for saying it uh, on this but like it was something really quirky and embarrassing and I was just like this is the guy for me wow wow and starting a business with someone and doing that at, at a young age it, it probably it might makes it much more enjoyable it must Oh my gosh, I can't imagine starting a business without a co-founder. I have a few friends who are single founders and I don't know how they do it. I mean, I have so much I, I don't I don't know what I would do without JJ. I definitely wouldn't be here, that's for sure. Well. Wow. Wow. Um, so one of the other things we have to kind of get into is um so while you're starting this business, um I think another incredible thing about you and obviously JJ is your uh, ability to really withstand some uh, potential problems that could could really take down other uh, companies or even uh, hurt uh, confidence. And I think the whole name change really speaks to how uh, impressive you guys are because uh, one of the crazy things that I started getting angry about while I was watching it is on, uh, I think, MSNBC. Yeah. You're being interviewed and they fucking write the name of your company wrong yeah. on the graphics. And that happened like over and over and over. I mean, I started cursing. I, I, <laughs> I, I started getting because I just I'm getting upset right now. I just know <laughs> after putting in so much work, you get on national TV and they fucking spell collegejob.com. Yeah, exactly. So um, for for context, our name used to be campus. It, our name was very originally the campus job. And then we dropped the word the and called ourselves campus job. And after that, not one person, including our investors, our parents, and our friends called it campus job. They all called it campus jobs, plural. So then I had to go and find the owner of campusjobs.com because we were losing so much traffic there. Um, and so they actually, I convinced them to give it to us for free, which was awesome. Um, and then after getting campus jobs, enough people kind of said to us, well, now your college job. And then another comment we got a lot was like, oh, I really don't need a campus job. I'm looking for a summer internship. But we had already been offering that. So just at the end of the day, I never liked our name ever. But beginning right, in right. January 2015, I started saying I need to change the name right away. And uh, it took seven months. But at the end, we actually ended up not hiring an agency. And we just hired right, right. a I heard this. This is crazy. Everybody's got to hear this. This is nuts. So you hire a like a really respectable agency supposedly and you basic they basically drop out cuz they don't want to do this in 2 weeks they just i guess they didn't would <laughs> creatively they didn't want to come up with something in two in a 2 week deadline yeah he gave me some bullshit about like i don't know our creative juices are being hindered or something like that and so um we we basically only had a 2 week deadline cuz by July 2015 you know 7 months ago i basically said um if we don't change our name in the next two or three weeks, then we're going to start the school year in August and we're going to be, you know, we're going to be in a crappy situation because we'll have our old name. And then if we try to change the name in the middle of the year, it's really awkward. Um, and I kept saying to everyone on my team, every day that we wait to change our name is another day that new users will come on and know us as the old name. So I uh, hired an agency, uh, put it in the deposit in the morning they were supposed to start. They said, you're giving too much pressure and we don't like this. So I got my deposit back and I had the interns at our company who we hired through our own website 
uh, come up with our new name and then we posted a job on our site for a logo designer and Molly from NYU designed our logo and then I hired um, students in California through our site who made our video. It, it was pretty awesome. It is amazing. amazing. And then you you even went out on the streets and you started like running up to people with backpacks asking yeah. them which logo they liked more. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was very funny. I think everyone at the company thought I was nuts that day. I mean, like seriously nuts that day, but it was good. It's it is all really good. And you know, I think a lot of people who would be starting a business, I think they get so attracted to the sexiness of like coming up with a name, coming up with a logo, and they're even more into that than the work. And I think it's just it speaks so much to who you and JJ are that you almost even had a shitty name. You know, and you were still putting like all this effort in and it was you really weren't even taken away from the real importance of what you were doing by the sexiness of what so many other people probably like myself would get caught up in. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Coming up with the name and stuff is interesting, but definitely the best part about running a company is the people that you get to work with. Like there's zero, you know, doubt in my mind that that's the best part. So um, I would say, I would say for anyone who's looking to start a company, definitely make sure that you enjoy the work, but also make sure that you enjoy working with the people that you decide to work with. Definitely. Okay. Now we're, okay. we're, we got a little bit more time. Um, one of the things I want to do before we jump into some tips and, uh, stuff like that, I want to ask you just about being a 25 year old, having a, a company like this and being able to to get the 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 regular life stuff that a, a normal twenty five year old would want, is that possible with sleeping two hours or three hours, working twenty hour days? Is is that possible? I have to be honest. I don't know what else I would want right now. Um, I I think I guess there's no such thing as like a normal twenty five year old that I know. All of my twenty five year old friends are pretty extraordinary and are doing awesome things. Um, so I don't know. I'm doing everything I want. I mean, I go out sometimes. Um, I definitely don't have the social life that I used to have, but I also, I know from experience now, cannot handle the liquor or the nightlife that I used to. You know, I don't enjoy going to clubs or anything like that anymore. Um, I like going out and to bars, et cetera. But I, I don't know. I'm having, like, the time of my life. Even when I'm out at a bar, often it's hard for me to even think about things other than work or what I and, – and I don't say work in a negative way. I say it in the most positive way ever I mean if you came into our office you would see everyone's like bustling and happy and friends I'm looking to my right right now and there's three people who are laughing and behind them there's like two salespeople. I mean people are having fun here so was it I, like was it like that at Google yeah it was just very different I would say um definitely less uh friendly from a overall standpoint just because there's 50,000 people as opposed to right now we have 35 people right, so right. you know it's just a little bit different what about the so you have in funding you have around like not you have like nine million dollars from venture capitalists that you raised money in right yeah we raised just nine point one million dollars from VC funds is that is that is there a lot of pressure there in in now that you you got other people's money behind you does does the uh, does your feelings change does it make things difficult. Um, so yes, a hundred percent, there's a lot of pressure and it's more because I've gotten to know my investors really well and most of them have families and things like that. And even though they're investing on behalf of their fund, um, although we have a few angels, uh, most of them, you know, I, I consider the money like my own or their own. And so I want to do them 
proud and doing them well. Um, so I, uh, I definitely feel a lot of pressure all the time, which I think it's good pressure for the most part. Um, not bad. We work with really great investors, so I'm really lucky to, you know, have them on my team. Um, I would say, uh, I've not, you said have things changed. So we actually raised a million dollars in funding before we ever even launched. Um, it was a crazy, it was awesome. Uh, from two of the most amazing human beings I've ever met, uh, David Tish and Adam Rothenberg. And so um, I would say like things haven't changed so much other than that we're just working with more investors and there's a little bit more pressure. But we've always had uh, venture capital funding. Right. Now, do just a silly question because there's a lot of idiots out there. Me could I could be included in there. But um, when people see that and that's reported, that's, you know, because you've been written about uh, in a lot of places. And also we have to we have to congratulate Liz on being uh, selected alongside uh, her co-founder, JJ, for the 30 under 30. Forbes list. That's a big yeah, deal. You. You're alongside some good company with Steph Curry, Fetty Wap. That's exciting stuff. And to be honest, I didn't know who either of those two people were, but um, I still don't think I do. But thank um, you. <laughs> look them up. They're pretty great. Um, okay, well. uh, but uh, so one of the things I wanted to ask you, because I think people would be uh, would maybe ask this when they see you written uh, up in all these places, Business Insider, Inc. Magazine, and they see what you've raised. Do people come up to you or even do they assume that you're a millionaire? Um, I think most people understand the concept of venture capital funding. Actually, the reason I think most people do is because most people I engage with, uh, no matter what the instance, um, have seen an episode of Shark Tank and understand that that's not the entrepreneur's right, right. money, it's the uh, very much the company's money. So I don't think anyone thinks that. I think a lot of people definitely say things to me like, wow, if you guys ever IPO, you're going to be so rich and things like that. But any any founder will tell you that's like the last reason you should start a company. And if you're starting a company for that, given the statistics of how many companies succeed and fail, if you're considering success or failure based on a monetizable outcome, um, you're going to you're going to probably be pretty disappointed. So yeah, I I definitely don't think most people think it's my money. Okay. Okay. Now, um, uh, so let's transition a little bit just, uh, in the last uh, 10 minutes we got here with Liz. Uh, thank you once again for coming. Uh, very exciting to speak with you, but, um, uh, so what are, what's some of the things or perhaps the single thing that you see most, uh, college students, the the biggest mistake they make in terms of looking for a job? Oh, this is easy. Um, we get this so often that students say, I'm not qualified to apply for any of these, or I'm not ready, or my resume is not in good enough shape. Um, I can safely say that if I ever let those feelings stop me from applying to a job. There's no way in hell I would have ever applied for Blackstone, which by the way, I didn't know what private equity was during my interview for the job. Um, I definitely wouldn't have applied for a Google product marketing role, given that I didn't even know what product marketing was. I mean, like I think too many students, um, especially, and I hate to pull out the gender card, but especially women, uh, but too many students in general, we get emails from saying, when we ask them, hey, why haven't you applied for a job yet? which we send them, you know, these marketing campaigns or or actual employees of ours will send them emails. Um, They very often just say, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not qualified enough or something like that. And the whole concept of our website, of our business, of our mobile app is just the fact that 
every job you see, you are qualified for. And so, um, you know, it's frustrating to me that students just think of the world, the real world of jobs out there as being so high level when like they're prepared. Otherwise, businesses wouldn't have tried to go on our site and hire them. Right. And the other thing is I I saw you uh, that kind of relates is I I saw you once said that the, the best advice you received is that a lot of people really don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And a lot of people are just kind of faking it and just and just doing it. They don't really know what they're doing, but they're just go- doing it and going out there and putting themselves out there. And I think that that really is a, a great piece of advice because h- how can you really know everything and how can you be that prepared for things you've never done before? So you just got to put yourself out there and put yourself in the opportunity to to make something happen. Totally. Yeah. Which is, which is incredible. So I thought uh, that really was an an interesting um, piece of advice Uh, in terms of uh, uh, resume stuff. um, I saw that uh, there's a couple things that I I wanted to know, first of all, because I recently just applied for a job and I had a couple uh, mistakes in terms of years on there. There's a, a couple errors. I'm, I'm, I have to admit it. D- is that something that could really kill you? Is that the worst uh, possible thing they could see? I would say bad resume mistakes to like seriously avoid um, are spelling errors. Um, I think like if a business sees a spelling error, uh, unless you're talking a, maybe a barista job or a job that won't require any typing or, or writing. Um, Almost, I feel like if you have a spelling error at Starbucks applying for their job, you might even benefit given that the person never seems to know how to spell Liz, even though it's a three-letter name. But um, I would say uh, – I'm kind of kidding. Uh, but I would say that overall I think that you know spelling errors are really big. Um, making sure – this sounds so obvious, but the number of resumes we get from candidates that say – on the top, my mission statement is to work for, and then it's another company and not way up. Like, that's pretty bad. Um, right, right. And then I would say just trying to have as quantifiable a resume as possible. So if you say that you were a waiter or waitress somewhere, did you were you, like, the top 2% of the staff? Or did you increase sales by X percentage um, because of your customer service? Or if you were a salesperson, if you, you know, took over a podcast, what percentage of audience did you increase? uh, By what percentage did you increase the audience of the podcast? Whatever it might be. And I have to say, I don't think enough people do that. But in terms of what years you worked at a place, I mean, as long as you're not lying, just try to fix that. It shouldn't be too hard to uh, get right. But I I don't think any company is going to fault someone as long as um, they're not doing it maliciously. Definitely. And now what about for uh, employers who are like seeking to uh, get these really qualified students? What what can they do in terms of uh, in the writing of their job description? What's the best tip you can give them? Um, I think a lot of businesses try to use all these buzzwords in their job descriptions and it almost always backfires. So things like you're going to be entrepreneur, like uh, every day there's a job posted and we have someone who curates, I mean, her name's Kima. She's amazing. She went to Harvard, graduated a few years ago. She's awesome. And she curates and reviews every single job that's posted. And um, we'll have a business post a job with responsibilities that include being entrepreneurial and, um, 
growing our reach and, you know, like things that are not very tangible and that's really not going to work well to find people who want to do your job because everyone wants to be entrepreneurial. So I was being super specific with the responsibilities and then for qualifications, just trying to think about what you really do need and what you don't need. Because as I mentioned earlier, a lot of students are going to shy away from applying to a job if there's too many qualifications or skills required um, that they don't necessarily think they need. So sometimes when we ask a business, hey, do you really need this? They say, no, not at all. And so we suggest that they take it out or list it as just a nice to have. Okay. Now, uh, what would you say to someone who's getting that first job? And, you know, getting the first job is a really big deal. But someone who might be more wired like you and they really see uh, they have the foresight and the vision to really see that they want to do something else, but they're starting here at this kind of job. What kinds of things can they really do to make that that time count? And even if they can't see in their mind the connections of how this job's going to take me to the next thing, what are the key takeaways and things they can practice there that can really correlate to anything they, they really want to do in the future? Yeah, I would say for sure, that's a great question. I would say two things absolutely stick out of my mind um, that I did and that I think a lot of my really successful friends have done in their respective jobs. Um, The first one is really becoming excellent at one thing. And then once you become excellent at that thing, share that information with others, like show that you can teach this to others and then get a little bit more responsibility. And you have to ask for that responsibility. A lot of the time your manager is not going to necessarily give it to you. So I would say the first thing is becoming really great at something and then taking on more responsibility, but only once you feel like you are truly a 10 out of 10 or a nine out of 10 of that thing. Um, and then I would say the second, um, thing that I would list is uh, learning from all the other people at your company. It's a little harder to do when you're at a two-person startup, but if you are at any kind of company that has like even five or more people, you should try to learn from everyone. I mean, I sit next to a new grad who in my, in our office, um, a new grad who we actually hired through our own site. Um, He's a full-time team member. His name is Alex. He's awesome. And while he works on the data side and the operations team, he wants to learn Python. So 30 minutes every week, he sits with one of our backend engineers who teaches him Python. Um, Everyone at our company has a mini story like that and is learning from each other. We do uh, peer-to-peer learning sessions once a week or, or, you know, every other week, et cetera. So I would say just learn from everyone because that could help you just with no matter what you decide to do. Right. Now, right. what is Python? Just quickly, if for people Python, who don't sorry, know that. Python is a coding language. Oh, okay. I, I thought it was a snake. Um, <laughs> uh, and so one of the other things I just want to mention to everybody. So students out there um, – graduates uh this is a great service because you guys will even just out of the kindness of your guys heart in this company you guys will reach out to people and suggest like changes to make on resumes and uh little give out like little tips and uh you can't get that in other places i mean you could really get charged a lot of money from a private person for that to happen um sorry like for what specific part to happen for to have for resumes, uh, like you, oh. like I saw, like JJ or somebody will reach out to somebody and say, oh, "Listen, yeah. yeah, absolutely." So sorry, I didn't. Uh, yes, um, absolutely. So we will, if you ask us for feedback on your resume, we will always give it. Um, it's not something we publicize too much because we don't want to get hundreds of thousands of resumes to personally review, um, and that's unfortunately uh, not the business we're in quite yet. Or fortunately, I don't know. Um, but 
we definitely, if, if you send us a resume or if we, sometimes we just go through resumes and we look, um, you know, just to make sure that the system is good to understand our user base. And if we see a resume that looks really, really bad, we'll definitely reach out um, and just let them know of a glaring error. And I can give you one example that is very, very much not a um, unique instance, but we one time saw a student who had their social security number listed on their resume. Mm -hmm. And then we saw it again, and then we saw it again. And so we definitely uh, keep our eye out for something like that. And we immediately email the student because we don't want that student to, you know, be upset later on when their identity gets stolen, especially if it happened through way up. Right. right. Well, that is, that is, that is the, the, the home feeling that you get with way up. And it really is an incredible uh, product and company and service for students to use. Um, Liz, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Uh, yeah. Everybody should go check out wayup.com. You guys also uh, give it Twitter and Instagram, wayup. And uh, yeah. We also have an iPhone mobile app that just came out, so feel free to use that as well. Right. Because uh, that makes the whole filling out information fun and exciting. So uh, way up, everybody. Get your Get hired. Get hired. <laughs> Get that job. Thank you so much, Liz, for being Thank with us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Bye.